If I have earned one favor, I'd like to ask it of you now. I'd like each of you, even those of you that are watching, to spend a minute and a half, close your eyes, and thank God for what he's done and what he will do for us tonight. As Brother George asked us to offer up some thoughts of thankfulness for this past week, just having that on my mind now, actually, I've just, it's been a great week. It's been amazing to see the Spirit work. And just as even the adult choir was singing, that was so powerful. That was so powerful. What a highlight. And, you know, I was thinking while I was listening, I was thinking, wow, the angels, that, that's got to be something like the angels' sound. And I know oftentimes we say, you know, it can never sound as good as the angels because the angels, you know, offer up God, praise amazing. We cannot even fathom. But I have to say that the words of those songs, even the angels can't sing those words about redemption, about God's grace, about his love, about his sacrifice. And so in, in many ways, what we heard tonight is even more beautiful than what the angels are able to offer because Maybe in sound quality? Okay. We'll give it to the angels. But what the redeemed can sing cannot be compared. And the angels, they stand in awe, in wonder, in disbelief over God's plan, over God's love, how he could do what he does for ones like us that are so undeserving. What an amazing God we serve. Praise him. Let's, let's turn to the Lord in prayer before we, before we look into God's word. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, 
Indeed, all praise, honor, glory, and thanksgiving belongs to you and to you alone. We thank you so much for all that we've heard up till now, this week, in our lessons, in the messages, in the inspiration hours, in the songs, in the choir programs. Lord, we thank you for it all. And Lord, as your spirit has been moving and working in a profound way among us, Lord, we just pray once again for your spirit's leading, your spirit, that your spirit would be experienced by each and every soul here. Lord, we just thank you and praise you in advance and ask a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. So for this evening, I wish to read out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, the parable of the wedding feast, the first 14 verses. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called but few are chosen. What a theme this week at camp we had. What a convicting theme for the believer. And honestly, brothers and sisters, I was unsure of which direction the Lord would have me go with this message for this evening, where the Spirit would want me to direct this message but after last night, my burden was lifted because what was needed to be said was said in our adult service by Brother Brian. In something that he said, I'm paraphrasing, 
And this is the direction that I'd like to go in this evening. He said, it starts here. It starts now. So that's what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to go right now. As we read in this parable that Jesus shared, he said, go into the highways. That's what the king said. Go into the highways. And so this evening, I want to go into the highway again. We've been hearing about the highway last year, a highway. Brother Alex was talking about a highway. Brother Rob was talking about a highway. One way or another. I think it's the same highway. It's the highway where in Luke 14, in a parallel passage in the Gospels, It says, there you will find, you will find the poor. So this evening, going on this highway, we are looking, I am looking, the Spirit of God is looking for the poor. I'm not talking about the house you live in, the neighborhood you live in, the amount of money you have in the account, That's not the level of wealth that we're talking about here. We're looking for those that are poor, that are lacking spiritually, that are empty inside, that don't have anything to offer, that don't have anything to bring. If you feel like in your heart that you have emptiness, and if I told you my bank account was empty, you'd say I was poor. If you are empty inside, and maybe you look to fill that emptiness with things of this world, trying to satisfy that emptiness, Maybe you're alone. Maybe you're in a family. You have brothers, sisters, you have even friends, but you feel alone. The Spirit is calling you tonight. Luke 14 says, you'll find the maimed. The maimed. Those that are injured permanently injured, maybe lost a limb, maybe injured a body part so bad that they, they can't use it any longer. We're not looking for those physically maimed here this evening. But those of you who have been injured, permanently injured from sin, from the onslaught of the devil, from 
from the warfare of going through this life. Maybe some big disappointment. Maybe some heartbreak. Maybe dabbling in, into some kind of substance. Maybe he started drinking, taking drugs, smoking, whatever. And now you're struggling with that. It's, it's taken a hold of you. Luke mentions the halt. Another word for the halt is the lame, those that can't walk. We're not looking for those physically lame, necessarily. We have one here who's sang such a beautiful song like an angel. She's in a wheelchair. She's in a wheelchair. The ones who are lame spiritually, those are the ones the Spirit is seeking out. Are you lame? Is your life stuck in the mud? That you can't get out of this vicious cycle and you just are stuck. You can't walk. In the last is the blind. Luke mentions the blind. What is the blind? Maybe maybe you're struggling with the ability to even see that this world was created by a creator and you can't see it. Maybe you've taken in things that you've heard or you're lacking faith in a creator right now. Right now. You can't see what the gospel means, what Jesus means. You can't see. We're not talking about eyesight in the physical sense. We're talking about spiritual blindness. The invitation is for all of you, all of us who are experiencing emptiness, being stuck, being blind, being poor. The Spirit of the Lord 
He's coming to each one of your hearts right now. How did you get to this place? The other day I was um, in the gym just watching the kids play. You could see that they were so happy just being able to dribble around the ball, shoot the ball, and, 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 and you see them going from class to the gym, from class to the gym, and maybe not that long ago you were in that place. Maybe you've never been to camp and experienced that kind of innocency here at camp, but you've experienced that at home. You've experienced maybe that growing up, going to church, going to Sunday school, and you had heard about the love of Jesus, and you even saying from your heart, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. But over the years, something happened, something changed. Something changed in your hearts, and you've now found yourself on this highway, the highway that we've been talking about, the brothers that have been talking about over, the, over the, this year and last year, you find yourself on this highway. You don't even know how you got there. But you got there from sin, disobedience, rejection. And now you find yourself in this place that you never thought you'd find yourself. But in this parable, we can see hope. We can see how God loves us. The second verse says the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king. The kingdom of heaven is like. Jesus wants to explain to us what the kingdom of heaven is like. And it's not maybe what we think of when we think of heaven as the eternal destination. When we leave this earth, what heaven will be like. What Jesus is talking about here is what God's plan looks like heaven coming down to us. Heaven coming down to meet us where we are at, where we are in our need, on the highway, in our destitute state. That's what Jesus is explaining. He's explaining the kingdom of heaven is like how heaven has come down. It's like a certain king. A certain king. Not like any king. A certain king. This king is our Lord God. The Lord God. The God of creation the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God whose ways are much higher than our ways. And his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. We cannot even fathom or comprehend our God. Nor could we fathom or comprehend his plan. But he's so amazing and so merciful and so kind that he breaks it down to us in plain and simple terms through his son, 
this certain king. He is God the Father. And he designed a plan to have a marriage feast for his son. His son, he's from the beginning. He's the word from the beginning. He's God the Son. And he is from eternity. One with the Father. But what's the marriage? What's the marriage? It's when God the Son became one with flesh. The marriage is when God the Son took on flesh and became a man and he was born in a manger and they named him Jesus and he grew up in this world he was an amazing young lad young boy he grew up into a man who was busy about his father's business. He taught with authority, with such wisdom. Wasn't he the carpenter's son? How does he speak in this manner? Who has given him such authority. He healed, made the lepers whole, gave sight to the blind, performed miracles like never before. He was perfect in all things, tempted more than any of us can imagine, yet without sin. John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You know what? I can't even go through all the details of, of Jesus' life. Time will not permit me. In fact, John writes that not even all the books and pages could contain what he accomplished here on this earth and what he did and how he lived his life. It was a life like no other. But we know how the story continues where 
Jesus is brought to the cross. And he dies on the cross. Sheds his precious blood so that our sins can be washed away. But then he conquers death. Jesus is who God the Father has created this marriage feast for. And he wants all of us to experience him, to to come to the realization that, that he did it all because he loves us. He did it all because he didn't want us to stay on the highway, stay in our state of depravity. But he wants to pull us out of that and make us whole, make us to see, heal us, make us right so that we can sing what the angels cannot sing, so we can glorify him and honor him. As only the redeemed who have experienced being without him, and then after we find him, that only we can then appreciate The feast has been prepared. Much effort and preparation and time has been put into this feast that you and I, all of us who are unworthy to partake of this feast, it's there for us experience. It's there for us to take in. When Jesus was here on this earth, he, he met the Samaritan woman, and he said, you come looking for water, but you will thirst again. It won't quench your thirst, but what I want to give you is the living water. If you drink of it, you will never thirst again. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. This marriage feast represents all that Jesus wants to give us. All the best that has been prepared. The Father, God the Father, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, he wants us to experience it. And what is it? It's his grace. It's his love. It's his mercy. He wants us to take it in. It's salvation. It's there for us to experience, for us to take in. So for all those who are on the highway, and that have 
come with me to the gate of this celebration. And that's what it is. It's a celebration. God wants us to celebrate his son. That's what this is all about. It's not so complicated, actually. We make it complicated. We make it complicated, but it's not complicated. God loves you. And he offered his son so that you can experience his love, so that you can take it in, so that you can spend eternity celebrating when not even, as I mentioned, the angels can fully understand. And he wants to have that relationship with each one of us. That's what we need. That's why we're poor. That's what we're missing. That's what we were made for, to experience God. We were made for him, for his glory, for his honor, to honor him. And my friend, you can go and you can search the world out to and fro, go on any highway, any Broadway, anywhere, and it won't fulfill you just for a moment. It, that's it. It's fleeting. It won't fulfill you. But what God is offering, what God has prepared, what he's made for us to experience is for eternity. And you will not regret it. You will not regret it. And so I bid you, I invite you to come and partake of this celebration. Are you at the gate? Do you see somewhat? Maybe it's a little cloudy. Do you hear the music? Do you see the celebrating? Do you see the table that's been laid out? You've been here before. You've been here before. You've heard the invitation before. For some reason, you haven't taken. You went back to the highway. I'm not surprised. There were those that were invited several times who turned their back on the invitation. They came up with excuses. That's what we read. Excuses were made. I'm not even going to read those excuses. What is your excuse? That's my question. What is your excuse? Why haven't you accepted the invitation? Why have you gone to other places? The places where you are laboring. You're working so hard. To no avail. It's like that, that mouse that runs in the wheel and just goes in, the wheels just go in circles and you're just running and running and running and running and running. Where you're looking to spend your money on things. Isaiah says, Ho, oh, everybody that 
thirst. Come to the waters. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Maybe you came and thought it's too good to be true. Nothing good can be for free. But that's exactly what it is. It's for free. It's grace being offered to you freely. And all you have to do is leave your filthy rags at the gates. Leave your sin at the gates. Leave all your work at the gates. Leave all your efforts at the gates. And put on the garments, the wedding garments that have been prepared. Put on Christ Jesus, his righteousness. Put that on you through faith, faith in him, believing that what he has done is enough. It's all I ever needed. It's all you'll ever need. Put him on you. Leave everything behind and put him on and come. Experience his grace. Experience his plan for you. He has great plans for you. Much better plans than the plans that you have for yourself, which are like a homeless person. He wants to give you a home for eternity, a refuge, not only in this life, not only, sorry, not only in the life after this life, but beginning now to experience his fullness, to help you through this life. And this life has no guarantees. You've been to this place before. You've experienced the call before. You've experienced the wedding invitation before. I'm not the first one that has declared this invitation. Don't put it off. I read somewhere, it was talking about a, an event, and I right away thought about this event. And what, what do we have? Almost a thousand people here? thousand people here. There is no chance that every one of us, the same thousand people, will be here next year. Somebody's going to be busy with something. Somebody's going to have to go somewhere. Maybe you won't make it until next year. Maybe you won't even make it home from camp this year. What a shame that would be. If you never hear another opportunity to accept his grace, what a shame it would be if you never hear the invitation again. We can't 
guarantee that, that there will be another opportunity for any one of us. I'm not trying to scare you. It's a fact that there are no guarantees. It's my prayer for each one of us is that we would be able to sing, every single one of us, that we would be able to sing those songs that only the redeemed can sing. That only those that God's grace has changed our lives. That we can sing praises and celebrate Jesus, honor Jesus for eternity. My prayer is that, my friend, you would accept the invitation.